So for many of you that were waiting for the censored section of the Andrew Tate interview that the lawyers wouldn't let us release, it's finally here. We can finally release that clip to you. Out of the five-hour interview that we did in Romania, you can finally watch it. One of the stories Andrew tells about what him and Tristan did when they were arrested in the cell, how the Romanian government was trying to spy. I'm not going to say anything. They were trying to spy on them. He'll tell you the story, and I'm sure you're going to laugh and want to share it with everybody else. So having said that, enjoy now the uncensored section of the Andrew Tate interview. There's three camps. There's those that say, well, look, I'm already thinking he's guilty. I don't like him anyways. I need anything to get me to think he's guilty. Yeah. Whatever it takes. I don't, have to, I don't have to do my own due diligence. I just have to hear anything. Then there's a camp that's a diehard fan. There's nothing you can do that they did wrong. You yeah. can, you know, in their eyes, going to be wrong. Then you have the people in the middle that are the reasonable ones yeah. that are saying, you know what? Let me look at this. Yeah. What about this? What about that? The people in the middle may say the following question. They may say, and I may have asked this question from you last time as well. They may say, Andrew, okay, if this guy is so innocent, how can they get you to go to the dungeon for 92 days? How can they put you on house arrest? How can they do all this stuff? Yeah. If you're somebody that was born in U.S., you lived in U.K., how come somebody else isn't coming to bail you out? You got different lawyers. How is it that they can keep doing this to you if you're not guilty? What do you say to those people? Yeah, and once again, I have to be careful what I say because of the court case, but Romania has a law or the law in Romania is basically, if you can prove to a judge that it might have happened, they're allowed to hold you up to six months during the investigation stage. So it's a very interesting scenario. I can give you an example. Let me give an example that doesn't link to my case. Let's say they decide you're an alien and they go, ah, oh, we think he's an alien. We, listen to, we hear him listening to love songs about the moon and we've seen some evidence of him looking at the moon at night saying it's beautiful. He might be an alien. And they produce a bunch of paperwork saying you're an alien. And then they'll do a profile on you, right? And they'll do your profile and saying, oh, well, he's smarter than the rest. Not sure where he came from. Bit unusual, blah, blah, blah. And they put it together in a nice piece of paper and they put it in front of a judge. And then the judge decides, say they stamp it or they don't. If they stamp it, they can put you under preventative arrest for up to six months to, to investigate you. Not because you're guilty of anything. We want to investigate him for being an alien. That's Romanian law. That's law inside of Romania. And that's what happened to me. They put together this dossier saying, he has lots of money. He's rich, he's brash, you know, he's unapologetic in his views. We think maybe this might have happened and they put it in front of a judge. Now, these papers I'm describing, I've never read. I'm just telling you how I understand, my basic understanding. I learned most of my law from the prison guards who were telling me why I was there. I'm like, brother, why am I here? He's like, well, this is what happens, da 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 Piece of paper was stamped and I was thrown into jail cell. If I was guilty of anything, I would have been charged long ago. And we're going to talk about charges soon because I, I still believe they're going to attempt to charge me. But we're now approaching the end of the six months they can keep me under a form of arrest for without charge. Typically in Romania, when I was first arrested, the guard said, ah, within two weeks, you'll have your indictment. I was like, two weeks? He goes, yeah, everyone gets charged quickly. It, nobody waits six months for a charge. If they arrest you, they charge you, like, like every other country, right? The fact they've waited six months and gone into my entire life and attempted to, to find something shows they don't have a case. Why I believe it happened is because they didn't have a case when they were trying to hit me with this garbage, and they thought, you know what? If we put him all over the news, if we slander his name completely, if we, there was a hotline set up. If you're a girl who's been hurt by Andrew Tate, call this number mm -hmm. in the UK. A hotline. So they were attempting to use the media to find what they wanted 
Nobody came to him and said, this has happened. Nobody has any proof of any crime. They were saying, we want to find evidence he's done something. So let's put him all over the news. Let's put him in a jail cell. Let's make all the girls feel safe because he's in jail. And let's put him all over the news and say he's terrible. And then let's say, anybody who's been hurt by Andrew, call here. And let's call everyone who knows him and say, hey, if you have a bad story about Andrew, we have money for you. And let's call everybody and let's find somebody who will take the stand and put this guy in jail. And they found nobody. The overview of my case, the very simple overview is as follows. Two American girls came to visit in April last year. Their boyfriends caught them at our house, because our house is quite distinctive from an Instagram story. They said to their boyfriends, we don't want to be here, we have to be, and blocked their boyfriends. Their boyfriends called the cops. Cops called the American embassy, saying Americans are being held. Police ran in. Now, I have no problem with the police investigating something like that. I think it'd be a terrible country where people call and say there's a kidnap of American citizens and they don't investigate. Mm -hmm. Sure, come. Cops ran in. Realized it was all garbage. The girls instantly flew to Marbella to party. So they've gone. They let me go from the police station the same day. That was the beginning of this human trafficking thing. Case should close any minute now, right? There's no case, there's nothing. Months go by, months go by, months go by. Case file's empty, nothing's happening. My lawyer's saying, when are we going to close this case file? Like, yeah, we're just waiting for some papers. We're going to close it, we're going to close it, we're going to close it. Around the time I was canceled, things started appearing in the case file again. They start spying on me again. Very interesting that it happened around that time. I don't know if they understood that I didn't have, I wasn't protected by the political class of the USA. I don't know what happened. They started to build this case and they spied on me for all of these months, spending millions of euros spying on me everywhere I went, trying to find evidence of a crime. Eventually they get to the end of their legal limit to spy on me and they don't have any crime. They don't have anything. So then what they did is they took two of my friends who have TikTok accounts, two girls, and said, Andrew's forcing these girls to make TikTok. This is the case. These two girls are the ones on the news saying, we're not victims, this is garbage. And they threw me in jail. That's the case. And they said, he's a human trafficker. Who else is he human trafficked? And they put it all over the news, and they've been trying to find somebody else ever since, and they can't find anybody. That's the case the two girls who made TikToks. And those girls are on the news saying, we're not victims, we've told the police we're not victims, we've given statements in Andrew's defense, and still they are ignoring it. They threatened to put those girls in jail. So they had to leave Romania. That's the level we're at. And they are trying to find anybody who will take a stand against me. So in my current court case, we have two Americans who lied, the ones who we have the conversations between them saying they're going to get an Oscar for lying to the police. Mm -hmm. We have the CCTV of them coming and going. We have their Uber records showing they can travel the country freely. We have their phone calls with their mother where they're saying, yeah, he didn't hurt me. And my boyfriend caught me. We have all of it. We have all the evidence. We have those two. And then there's nobody else who could possibly even take the stand. If those two girls even come here to take the stand, which I doubt they would, they've got a brain because they know they're going to get destroyed. And that's my upcoming legal case. And I'm sitting here going, well, there's surely no chance they're going to win this case. Why would they charge me? And the reason they're going to, I still believe they're going to charge me is because imagine if they drop it now. Imagine if they just drop it now. We made it up. Oops. We made it up. They'll make a martyr out of me. They'll make how, a hero of me. How could they me. charge you though? Well, they're going to charge me because in Romania, there's no legal proof. There's no burden of legal proof to charge. They can charge you with empty pieces of paper. They can charge you whatever they want. A judge decides. So they can charge me with garbage and they can put together a file of garbage and they can send it to a judge and they can make sure they do the, they can delay it here, delay it there and long it out and make sure a judge doesn't see it for a year and a half while I sit on remand. And then the judge can look at it and go, this is bullshit and throw it away in a year and a half from now. That's what's gonna happen. 
but why, why drop it now? If they're out to get me, if they're out to slander my name, if they're out to destroy my life, which is clearly what they're out to do, they're not out to save anybody from anything, they're not out to help anybody with anything, they're out to hurt me, why would they now drop it and let me be free? No, let's keep him for another year and a half locked in his house. Let's keep printing stories for another year and a half that he's a human trafficker. Let's make him go to a trial, and then a judge will throw it out. Because I don't believe, as, as, as high level as this matrix attack is, I still don't believe a Romanian judge is gonna put me in jail with, with the dossiers. I've seen it, it's garbage. I don't think I'm gonna end up in jail. But it's just taking years of my life, damaging my influence, having bad things to say about me, keeping me under control, keeping me locked in a, in a house. That's, that's all they want to do. They have no interest in the truth. There's no victims. There's no one to take the stand. You were going to say something. Yeah. The, follow up. The, 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 the six there. months, uh, you know, it's six coming, months said, coming up right now. It's coming up yeah. June 29th, I believe. Correct. Okay. You put out a tweet recently. You said the six month time limit is running out, yeah. right? There's zero evidence against me unless they invent something against me, right? Yeah. And then you ask a poll. You said if they charge me with an empty bullet and it still takes a year to beat it and it allows them to save face, they're hoping that the world will basically forget about all this. Yeah. What do you think they will do? And you gave people three options. Option one, let me go. Option two, charge me with no evidence. Option three, invent and frame attempt. The results were 38% let me go, yep. right? 35% invent and frame attempt. And option two, in third place, charge me with no evidence 27%, so 38%, 35%, 27%. So basically, it's, it's, it's pretty, uh, it's it's pretty, pretty even. The, the, so what do you think is gonna yeah, happen the, here? The people, the 38% of people who think they're gonna let me go, I think are extremely naive. You don't make a song and dance this big and let the guy win. You can't make a song and dance this big and let me walk out as a hero. They didn't do this to make me a hero. Because that's what they've done, they've martyred me, right? I'm more famous and more respected than I've ever been. Because all they've done is prove everything I've ever said about the Matrix is true. I was crazy before this. Right? There's a degree of people who said, I like Tate, he says some smart things, but the Matrix, they're not after him. He's, he's, he's got delusions of grandeur. He thinks he's more important than he is. Then they proved me completely right. So they've solidified my fan base and given me millions and millions of more fans. They didn't do this to make me better or put me, make me more influential. They didn't do this to put me in a better position. They did this to do the absolute opposite. So they're sitting there and realize that their attempt has failed. So you have to double down. If you start bluffing in poker, and the guy calls your bluff. You just bluff. You have to put some more money on the table. You can't lose now. Yeah. If you lose now, the game's over. They're in too deep. They're in too deep. They made an international song and dance, and they intended to make an international song and dance, and they took a gamble, and the gamble was simple. He's famous. He has enough sexual history. We will find somebody who's upset with him. We'll find an angry ex-girlfriend. We'll find a bitter girl. We'll find somebody who will take the stand and wreck him. And they failed because I'm not a bad person. I've had so many ex-girlfriends call me and email me and say the police. I haven't heard from these girls for years. Police will not stop calling me. I said, why? Have you told them? I've told them. They will not stop calling me. They ask if, they'll give, if I can give a personality profile on me. What does that even mean? What does that even, I thought this is law and order. Yeah. I thought this is a Korean personality profile. What garbage are they trying to just extract from people just so they can get enough pieces of paper in a file? Are those people going out and saying, I got a call from the cops asking me questions about Tate, et cetera, et cetera. Are they going out? Well, the thing is this. Because a lot of these women I haven't known for a very long time, they're in a difficult, they're in a, they're a difficult situation, right? Because they have, they're married now. They, they have new relationships or they have children or whatever. They don't want to be known as Andrew Tay-Sachs. Their man certainly doesn't want that. <laughs> it's not easy for them to now stand up and be my advocate, right? They send me an, an email, I'm like, look, I, you know, I hope you're good and th this is unfair and I hope you're good. But they don't want to get too involved in it and I don't blame them. It'd be unfair for me to say, yeah, go and start telling when you're Andrew. Her man may not even know she's my ex. Mm -hmm. Like no man this wants that. This could have been five, 10, 15 years ago. Exactly. So 
but they're all, but nobody snitched on me. Nobody sold me out. Nobody. And, and I think the matrix is extremely surprised by that. They can't believe it. So they start making people up. They so can't back, believe it. Back to these results. The, the, if you're saying that the people who voted 38% let you go are naive, the other two options charge you with no evidence and invent and frame you. What do you think is going to happen? I think there's too many eyes on it to, to truly frame me. I'd like to believe there's too many eyes on it for them to effectively frame me. I think if they were going to frame me, they would have done it by now. I'd like to believe. This helps me sleep at night. So I believe they're going to charge me with a very, very weak case with basically nothing in it. And the goal is just to keep me on house arrest for as long as they possibly can. Delay it, long it out, give the media reasons to lie about me for more years, keep me under control, keep me here under the threat. I, I go to sleep every night, every morning. I wake up instinctually at 5 a.m. because that's when they raid your house. I wake up at like 4.59, I just fucking shoot up. Because they, they bust in my house three times now. It's not nice to have a bunch of men with guns bust in your house. It's not a nice experience. So every single morning I wake up expecting them to just turn up again with something else and drag me back to a prison cell. Who knows what? They'll just make it up. But the fact they made up this particular crime is because it's a hit piece and it's a slander on my reputation. If they would have done the same thing, let's say for tax evasion, would anyone care? Ah, oh, rich guy didn't pay a piece of paper. No, no one cares. We have to hurt his name. Human trafficking. Think about, think about that. I said this to, to the judge. How does it make sense a man with no criminal record who is financially successful decides to begin to human traffic at 35 years of age? I have no financial motivation. It's clearly not my personality profile. I don't need money. Why have I begun to human traffic from nowhere. It doesn't even make any sense from a pure logical perspective. There's no motive to the crime. Who am I human trafficked? Who is the victim? There's no victims and there's no motive. And here I am on house arrest. It's insane. So yeah, I'm, I'm, it's genuinely intimidating. I don't, I don't know what's gonna happen next. I believe they're gonna, try, they're gonna try and charge me with the garbage they have. And I think what they're trying to do is just hang it over my head and keep me afraid. I want to ask you one more question regarding human trafficking, because this is a heinous charge, or Absolutely. allegedly. Absolutely. I mean, this is, not any, this is not lightweight stuff. You famously ran a webcam business, Correct. perfectly legal, yep. nothing wrong with that. I mean, yep. I can't tell you how many women are doing OnlyFans these days, yep. webcam business. Yep. How much of a reason was that a correlation for the, the human trafficking, the sex trafficking, the webcam business, how much did they correlate yeah, that to, well, he must be human trafficking, he's running a webcam they, business. They've linked it ideologically, but nothing in the file has anything to do with that. And none of the, these two American girls had nothing to do with that. And the girls they've selected to become victims who do TikTok, who are not victims, had nothing to do with that. That was a long, long time ago. They're completely unrelated events. It's just they're using that as an ideological base. Well, he had the webcam business, so he's guilty of the, which is insane. So there's it, no correlation. Zero correlation. So they haven't even charged any of the webcam business zero, for any of this. Zero. And what's crazy is, it's crazy. is people assume that, right? It's crazy because one, it's not illegal. And two, you can go drive down the high street of Romania. There's webcam studios on, it's one of the most popular businesses in, in the country. It's not even illegal. And, and that was a past life. You're talking about something that happened 10 years ago. It was it's, that long ago. It was about 10 years ago. Yeah. It was at the very wow. beginning of it. The very beginning of the whole idea of this, this that industry. So. It's just an ideological attack. And, and I also, from the flip side, because I try very hard to not be emotional about things, and I try very hard to think of it purely, absolutely logically. And with brutal logic, although I'm unhappy with what's happened to me, with brutal logic, part of me can understand it. Because it would be unprofessional of me to be so emotional about my time in jail to not understand it. Now when I say understand, I'm not saying it should have happened, and I'm not saying I'm guilty. What I am saying is, 
If I was an 85-year-old Romanian woman who's a judge who doesn't speak English, and Andrew Tate walks in with his bald head and his muscles, and I look through the file and I see Ferrari, Aston Martin, Bugatti, Rimac, Kernenzeg, money, 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 money. Then I see, oh, girls, 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 yachts, private jets, da, da, da. And then I have a, a dossier from DCOP. He might be bad of something. And there's a bunch of papers in there. And I have 10 minutes to read it all, because that's how long they have. They don't read the file at all. They just skim it. And then I stand there in English, don't speak Romanian. I didn't do it. Part of them's going to go, go back to jail. Bullshit. I get that part. I actually do. I'm logical enough to say to Tristan, you know what? That old lady, of course she goes to She doesn't understand what's happening. She doesn't get any of this. She doesn't even know what the internet is. You think it's that simple? I think, they just, I think it's just perception. I understand I have this perception. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people who are also dislike me, a lot of the reason they dislike me so much is my perception. I've, I've had people who say, I hate what you say. I say, what do I say? And after talking to them a while, they say, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Of course. It's the perception of aggression. It's the perception of masculinity that they're afraid of. It's not even the words. They might like the words. Mm -hmm. It's my delivery. So I understand perception can be reality to a degree. I accepted that maybe the first month I was in jail. I was like, Tristan, this is garbage. This is garbage. But you know what? We've got these fancy cars and we live in this big house and we've got guards and guns in our house and whatever. But by month two or month three, I was like, this is insane now. They should have read the file by now. This is, this is insane. So I do understand that part of it. And I understand that if somebody is really, truly, completely matrix-minded, they might look at the, the media and all this garbage and go, oh, well, he must have done something. But these are people who have never had any experience with the legal system and don't know how these things work. When you have experience with the legal system, you understand none of it's real. In any country, in any country, none of it's real. I remember during COVID, my friend was buying a house. I said, don't buy that house. He said, why? I said, because you don't own it. He said, what do you mean I don't own it? I said, I, I hate property. I hate the idea of property. When you make so much money, you kind of have to buy it because there's nothing else to do with your money. <laughs> but you kind of have to buy it. But I was like, when you think you buy a property and you talk about ownership, you don't own it. Because they'll give you a piece of paper saying you own it, but if you piss them off enough, a judge stamps a different piece of paper and now it's not yours anymore. That's it, that's the game. I own this house, I worked my whole life for this house. Unless you don't comply with COVID lockdowns and you get a fine and you don't pay the fine and they add money on top. And then you don't pay that and they take you to court. And then you don't turn up and they take you to court again. You don't turn up. It escalates to the point where someone turns up and says, you owe us $400,000, we're taking your home. Like, you can't take it, I own it. I bet you don't, the judge says you don't. What judge, where? Mary Swanson from Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> Boom. And it's over. Samson. Yeah, Samson. Samson. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's the game. Yeah. When you, as soon as you deal with a legal system, you realize you get pieces of paper put in front of you with names on them you've never heard of, stamps you've never seen before, and your life's fucked. You're like, what? I can't leave my house now? I can't, I can't leave this room? I've lost all my cars. I've lost all my diamond watches, my gold, my money. They've taken everything. 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 Over 15 million euros of assets. Everything. Took, they seized everything when they ran in here. All of it. With a piece of paper, with a stamp, in a language I didn't understand, saying we're taking it. Andrew, you mentioned you know, the cars, the Bugattis, yeah. the women's, the yachts, the boats, yeah. everything, everything that you stand for, everything that success stands for as a man. Yeah. You touched on this a little bit about an old woman judge. Yeah. How much of basically what's happening to you is just sort of the reverberation of modern feminism attacking toxic masculinity? You're the face of quote unquote toxic masculinity and they're like, we got him. Yeah. How much of that is going on here? Yeah, I'm the, I like, that's what they call me. I think I'm the face of unapologetic masculinity. I'm not apologetic for anything I do. And I also think that I understand when you have a message which is complicated, 
and masculinity as a whole is a very complicated tapestry. That the best way to instill it and teach it is to break it down to its three core, break it down to its core beliefs. So I've evolved way beyond Lamborghinis and chicks, right? But masculinity as a whole is a very complicated tapestry. You need to have the emotionality. You need to have the times you feel like crying and you don't. You need to have the times you can be aggressive. You need to have the times that you can be violent to protect your family. It's very complicated. And you can't teach that, especially to the young generation, in, 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 in spite of the constant propaganda they have coming in their ears very easily. So I break it down to a very core message. And the core message is that I have financial freedom, so it's hard to tell me what to do. And I have sexual access because I'm respected by women. And I have a good network because I'm respected by men. I break it down to those core things. And those core things are what I build my, that's how you build the tapestry of masculinity. Because if you don't have those three core things, you can never build the rest of it. That's the beginning of it. If you don't have those three things, it's hard to build the rest. So anybody who doesn't look into my message properly, I mean, I'm sure these people who are after me have never listened to me speak at length, ever, ever. They just look at a picture. He's on a boat, there's three girls on the boat. There's no way those girls are happy with that because my wife hates me and there's three of them. So he, so he has to go to jail and that's what's happening. It's, it's that baseline. I truly believe it's that baseline. But how else can I teach my message as complicated as it is without first breaking down and proving you have success in the most core levels of it, right? Before you learn to box, you jab and you cross. Before you do all the complicated stuff, you do the basic stuff. So a lot of it is people looking at my message, not understanding how detailed it is, not understanding how positive it is, looking at the baseline instincts which I teach and which I use to advertise my success as a whole to people to show and say, look, I clearly know what I'm talking about to a degree because I have things that you want. And you're a man, so you can't tell me you don't want them. Every man wants this. Every man wants one of these. And they take all this and they try and weaponize it and use it against me. And you're right. It's, it's, it's feminism as a whole that has this idea that if a man is a man unapologetically, and he doesn't apologize for being a man, that he's a bad person. Which we've discussed at length, and I've discussed a bunch of times, but it's truly the most crazy thing about all of this is when shit hits the fan, it's exactly the kind of men they hate that they want. Every single time. Every single time. You can go out to a bar in America, and you can stand there and argue with a feminist, and argue with her to the end of time. And if someone ran in there with a gun, she would say, hey, you, you go. You're the misogynist. You go protect me. The feminist guy who's on my team, mm -hmm. I don't want him to go. I want you to go, please. We don't want Dylan Mulvaney on the front lines. Of course not. And, and, and it's hypocritical. And it's hypocritical, and it's done on purpose, it's purported by the matrix, and it's done to attack the baseline masculinity of men because they don't want men to be masculine. Because when you're masculine, you say no to things. Did, did they ever try to, uh, uh, and by the way, I don't see this working effectively at all, but did they at all try to come in between you and Tristan or you and the two girls or the two of you and them? Was there any manipulation and divisiveness going on there? 100%, they tried with the girls especially. With me and Tristan, they I didn't figured. try very hard. But with the girls, they tried to put pressure on them to say things that weren't true. And, uh, but the girls are honest, and they told the truth. And they said, we're going to tell the truth, we're not going to lie. The girls could have got out of jail any time they sold us out, but they didn't. Respect they to them, because yeah, oh, my concern was more there. Oh, absolutely. Right. But, but they didn't. And they knew that we were telling the truth. And, and obviously, I love them. I've known them for a very long time. And we're all basically family. And they were like, no, we're not going to lie. We're going to sit here and tell you the truth and tell you that the boys haven't done anything. We haven't done anything. Did these girls work for you? What was your relationship They're with these my two girls? This is what's insane. Georgiana's my personal assistant. She literally books flights and organizes my gardener. She's my PA. And the other girl, Lana, Tristan knew. I never met her before. I met her once in my life before. We're, we're an organized criminal group. I saw her at a party once like a year and a half ago. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing here? She's, she's like, they need four people for a group. You can't have an organized criminal group with three people. Is that life. the number? Four by law. So she got picked up. 
Are you kidding me? Yeah. Because they had text messages between her and Georgiana talking about a TikTok account. So that's what, that's what they call her. Oh, these are the TikTok girls? Yeah, TikTok, yeah. No, no, the two TikTok girls were victims. Ah, but after no, giving those are two different. After, giving, yeah, statu yeah. after giving statements in our defense, they were threatened with jail. They said, well, you're not victims, you're suspects. Mm -hmm. And you're going to go to jail. So they left her in. Why, why did they put you guys in the same cell together? Why, why, why were you and Tristan together? So much of this podcast we're going to have to cut out, but I'll tell you. <laughs> so much of this podcast we're going to have to cut out until, until after. I'll tell you. Because they bugged our cell. So when me and Tristan were separate, and then we ended up yeah. getting put in the same cell, me and Tristan instantly knew. I was like, hello. He's like, oh, hi, how are you? I was like, good, good. And I was like, hmm. why else would the person love fucking stuff? So then we start talking about Ricky Tan, the crime boss from Hong Kong, and how Carter and Lee are the only ones who can stop him. And what we were doing is describing the plot of Rush Hour 2. We're describing Rush Hour <laughs> A good old Chris Tucker reference. He's in the, he's in the, they're in the case files. Ricky Tan, Carter, Lee, the, all of it. Hong Kong, all of it. It's all the case files. You're it's joking about 100 that. 100% truth. Talk about Rush Hour 2. <laughs> and then I said to Tristan. Turned into a buddy comedy oh, after yeah. jail. So we're talking about Rush Hour 2. It's all in the case file. Carter, Lee, Ricky Tan. It's all the, the tap, the wire tap. And then I said to Tristan, I whispered in his ear, I was like, they bugged this cell. Let's prove it. So we talk, started talking about Ireland. So I wonder if they found the assets in Ireland. They took everything in Romania. I wonder if they found the assets in Ireland. We talked about it for about a week, and then we saw it on the news. Uh, investigation expanded to Ireland. Me, neither him or I have ever been to Ireland in our lives. Never been there. No connection to it. So I was like, look, told you. I was like, So we continued to talk shit. So that's why they put us together. So we had to kind of develop sign language mm -hmm. in the cell. So we didn't talk very much because everything was being listened to, right? Wow. So we had just like sign language between us. And how are you getting this information? Like when the Ireland thing broke, who's con conveying this information? There was a tiny TV in the corner. We did have a TV, but it was all Romanian news. It was only Romanian news, so there's no entertainment value. I don't speak Romanian, and it's just Romanian news. But when my face would come up, and then Irlanda Ireland, mm -hmm. would come up in the news. So uh, they tapped our cell. They wiretapped our cell because they had nothing. It was about a month in, and they thought maybe they'll talk about what, what we need. What now, now, at what point did you know that's the right approach to take? Was it immediate? As soon as we saw each other, we knew that why they put us in there. We fucking knew instantly of this yeah. 100 they tapped us up. Why would they put us together? Doesn't make any other. By the no way, great reason. move Thank from you. their end, but well, great yeah, yeah. move for you to counter that. And this is my point. The incompetence of my enemies. <laughs> this is my point. I keep winning. I keep winning every game, every chess game they put me down for. I just checkmate them. They must hate me. It, it's no longer just law. It's personal. These people hate me. They go. I have an idea. I know what we can do. Let's take Tristan from that cell. Let's put him in Andrew's so cell. Let's give him a medical paper and let's pretend he needs to go there for medical reasons so he's closer to the doctor and let's put him together and let's wiretap it. And, then, and let's take Andrew out because they took me mm -hmm. out that morning. Let's take him for an interview at DCAL and let's waste his time so we can install the bugs and then we'll bring him back and the next day we'll put Tristan in and, and this is our plan. And then Carly, crime boss. Rush hour. And then when they find out it's a fucking movie, they hate me. It's personal. Andrew, if that's they hate true, me. That's the funniest thing thank ever. Thank you. Thank you. How confident are you that things are tapped here in your place? I've had this place scanned. Okay. I've had a team from Sweden come, and they spent about four days going through everything. But I still pretend it is. Sure. But they didn't find it. Okay. But uh, I still took them four it days to scan the entire four place. Four days. Everything. Now, why would they not wiretap this place, or why would they not put stuff in this place? Because their spying limit by law was exceeded during the early, there's a law of how long they can spy on me in Romania. So they spied on me for X amount of months, I think it's four or five months, until they raise a criminal complaint against you. 
Then they cheated because they stopped spying on me and spied on Tristan. Same thing. And they did each person in the house, you see. And now there's no one. They can't, they can't spy on us by law anymore. Anything they find, we can now go to the European Court of Human Rights and use against them. So they can't do it. So that's why we think this place wasn't bugged. But when I first got out the first four days, everything was good. Of course, you have to. Everything. And, and, and you, almost, you almost have to even think and assume that maybe when BBC came, did you have guys like watching every move they yeah. were making? You had to almost feel like one-on-one, -on -one, right? One Somebody's counts. watching everything they're yeah. doing. Everything. You have to do it, right? Yeah. You can't be, yeah. you have to be overly paranoid and skeptical with these If they guys. want to hear about, you know, Ricky Tang's crime lord, if they want to hear more about the crime <laughs> syndicate in Hong Kong, I can tell them all about it, because Carter and Lee is going to get it under control. But, Let me ask a question about this. I love what you said, uh, especially, number one, you're a wordsmith, you're a linguist, no doubt. I mean, I don't know English yet, bro. Yeah, I'm yeah. You're still working on I'm your English. You know, you've got, you've got the kickboxing belts all up over here. I would, I would argue, I've never seen you fight, but I would argue that your linguistic skills are better than your fighting skills. I'll let you judge I'll that. I'll take that. <clears throat> I totally agree with you that the way that you speak to a man is, a way, is way different than the way you talk to a woman. Yeah. You can tell a guy, you're a loser, get yeah. your fat ass in the gym, yeah. and a guy would be receptive to yeah. that. So I can't tell you how many men come up to me, come up to Pat, dude. What was Andrew Tate like? <laughs> what was Tate like? Tell me about Tate. Tell me a Tate story. Dude, that guy's so cool. He's such a badass. And I'm sure you've seen the, the women that react to your videos. Fuck you, Andrew Tate. Yeah, you've yeah. seen these. But when you sit around these women and you go to podcasts with these women, yeah. by the end of the podcast, these women love you. Yeah, they're all nice to me. So what I want you to do is sell the women for a second. Because it's easy to sell the men. Like, for instance, I had a girl one time. Took her out on a date. Great time dinner, this, that, the other, treated her royally that night. She says, I had him such a great night. Look yeah. forward to hearing you, seeing yeah. you again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The next day I wake up, the first text I get from her is, so you fuck with Tate? I'm like, what are you talking about? Can't believe you would associate with such a guy. I'm like, what you? I, I look at you totally differently. I said, what are you talking about? Yeah. I treated you nicely, I treated yeah. you royally. Yeah. You had a great time. 99% of men, I don't think I'm being bombastic here. Totally appreciate what you're saying. Yep. I think you said 40% of your audience is women. Yep. What can you do to win over the 60% of women who are like, fuck Tate, well, sell you, me on that. Well, you know what's interesting? I would argue it's far less than 60%. In my experience, I've yet to meet a female who doesn't like me, ever. Maybe they say they don't like me on the internet, but when I meet them, everybody is nice to me. I've never had a single woman come up to me and say, you say bad things about women, ever. I think that men and women have very different mental models because if we reference back to what we said earlier about testosterone, in general, women are not capable of combat, so they're more likely to accept an idea or an ideal because they can't fight and resist that idea. Think about it, right? If a woman joins a new clan or a new tribe or a new society, she can't resist the ideas of that society very easily because she hasn't got the physical capability to com combat, to fight. So she has to more likely assimilate and I think that we even evolved for this to happen. I think when a woman went into another tribe, they evolved it. I think even if you look at World War II, by the end, after three years of German occupation, all the French women were the German soldiers. They literally killed your husband. But you just assimilate with the new power structures, right? So women to a degree, and this is not misogynistic, this is just, an, obviously exceptions do exist. This is just a generalized point. 
Women, to a degree, are more likely to go along with the flow, the ebbs and flows of the ideas they are told, because they're less likely to combat them and fight against them. And you'll see this especially in women who say they're new, reborn, or women who say, oh, I'm religious now, or I regret what I did when I was young. Why'd you do it? Oh, everyone was doing it, peer pressure, music videos, I was told that's how I was supposed to act. They just went with the flow. So I think that, especially when it comes to dating and women, in the world today, I think that there's two major influences on a female's mind, and one of them is society, the matrix as a whole, and the second one is the man she's dating. I think if she was dating you long enough, if she was dating you a little bit longer, she would have already, already intrinsically changed her mind. I think every man knows what I'm saying is true. If you date a woman for a few months, by the end, your favorite song is her favorite song. Your interests are her interests. Your favorite car is her favorite car. She doesn't, she doesn't your go favorite team is definitely her favorite team. At that that's how it goes, right? Yep. So, and I think that's just, and I think that's one of the beautiful things about being in a relationship. I absolutely love when my woman pretends to care about cars. She doesn't have a fucking clue. She She's just, wow, this one's purple. Yeah, it's purple. Get in. I love this one. Because she knows I care, so she pretends to care. That's part of the beauty of it all, right? So I think women have two major, I mean, all of us, all people, men as well, have two major impacts on their mind. We have the matrix trying to tell us certain things, and then we have our partner or peer pressure trying to tell us other things. But I think men have a more natural inclination, especially if you're an alpha male, to resist and look and think, no, I disagree with that. Women are more likely to go, oh, well, that's what was said. So I've never met any woman who disagrees with me. I've yet to meet them. Maybe they exist in Miami. I look forward to going and meeting them myself. I guarantee, I would guarantee I could sit on any panel of women who disagree with me and by the end of it they wouldn't disagree with me because they would understand my ideas better after I've explained to them. And I would explain to them in a way that make them understand it. And by the end of it, I guarantee, like every other podcast I've ever done, ever, by the end, every girl sitting there who disagreed with me at the beginning is saying, he's right, you know, he's right. Watch Fresh and Fit, watch it. By the end of it, they're all like, well, he is right every single time. So it's just about a matter of communication. But women certainly have adopted a lot of the matrix-minded, a lot of the matrix ideals, even more than most men. And I think that's just because of the biology. I think that's the difference in biologies. And that's really scary, right? Because like I said, it's a race to the bottom. If they can poison all of one gender, then they can poison all of the other. That's how they do it, because there's no, there's no point in being moral in a, in a rigged game. So yeah, it's difficult, especially in the Western world, because Western women have a particular degree of psyop that's being purported upon them that they don't have in other places. Eastern European women don't believe being a slut is a good way to act. It, they know that's wrong. They know it's because they're more religious and they're more family oriented. Let's take this country. Reli Romania locked me up, but I lived here for a reason, right? We can discuss the case and what happened to me and I can be upset about it, but I am not the kind of person who is too emotional to be professional. And as a professional, I can remove my emotions and look at things logically. We're in one of the poorest countries in the world, which is safer than America in every single possible metric you can measure. All of them. How do they do that? They do that with a very strict legal system. That's how they do things. When I was in jail, I met a boy walked in. I said, why are you in jail? He goes, I was looking in a car window. Might have broke in, might have not. Looked in the window, jail. Two weeks, sitting in the cell. Will he look in windows anymore? Will he break into a car? Doubt it. They have a very strict legal system. So whatever they do with their very limited resources works to keep the place extremely safe, right? Another reason I lived here is because it's extremely religious, one of the most Christian countries in the world. Another reason I lived here is because family values are so strong. I've been on dates with 26-year-old women who had to be home at 10 o'clock because their dad said so. I've been on dates with 27-year-old women who said, I can't go to that restaurant, people might see me, we're not married, I can't be seen with you there. All that exists here still. They don't have the matrix-minded propaganda yet, which is instilled inside of Western women, which make them believe that somehow acting in a degenerate fashion is gonna to lead to anything but 
unhappiness. And most women who have lived degenerate, degenerately, if you speak to them on a long enough time frame, it may take them a while, but as they grow older, they always say, I wish I didn't do that, in the end. Because all of us are born with a baseline morality, and we all know what's truly good and what's truly bad. So the Western woman is under a, a hard psyop. And this is another thing, if you're a man, and you have a relationship, and you're in the Western world, I would, I would understand that there are two forces at play for her mind. There's your influence, and if you truly love her, you want the best for her, and to make her the best self, she has to be her best self for you, because you're a team, and you have the matrix telling her to ignore everything you've ever said, and everything you say is misogynistic and evil and wrong, because you have any kind of standards. So, I know I'm gonna get canceled, and they're all gonna say bad things about me. If I walked in and my girlfriend was watching Sex and the City, I'd say, turn that off. Why? Because it's garbage. It's garbage that's bad for your mind. There's unlimited things you can watch. You're not watching that. Now, I've never had that problem, but that's what I would say. And if she refused, I'd say, well, you're not watching that in my house. I'm not mad at you, but I want you to go home. I don't want you watching this stuff. It's bad. It's poison. What should I watch instead? Watch about Stalingrad. How much do you know about Stalingrad? What's Stalingrad? Oh, what's Stalingrad? 200,000 men froze to death in the, in, in the city in 1948. And, uh, sorry, 1943, and you don't even know what happened for your freedom. Men were out there freezing to death with no food to eat, encircled for your freedom. You don't even know about it. You don't even have enough respect to learn about it, and you're busy watching Samantha? Fuck Samantha. She ain't real. <laughs> this is real. Men went and died for real. They were sitting in Stalingrad. You're the Germans. You attacked Stalingrad. You have nearly all of the city, but maybe 2% of it. Zukov counterattacks and circles you, and they're blasting from speakers for months as you starve to death. You are here to die. You will never see Germany again. You are going to die here. Paulus, the commander, kept asking Hitler, can I make a breakout? Can I leave? Hitler said, no, fight to the last bullet. You're there to die. The Russians know it, you know it. You have no food, you're freezing to death. And you're sitting there for your ideological cause, and the women of today don't even bother to read the Wikipedia page. They're busy. Samantha's on. No, you don't have time for sex in the city. You can learn a lot about sacrifice. We'll learn about female sacrifice and masculine sacrifice. But I'm telling you that's not going to be out of my house because you don't know enough about Stalingrad. When you know everything about Stalingrad and HMS Hood and the Bismarck, when you have World War II and World War I completely memorized and you know more than me, you can watch fucking sex in the city. But until then, you have more important things to learn. That's my creed. That's my house. That's the kind of woman I want. And when I say this, there's women out there who go, you're crazy, they're going to talk, they're going to attack me on the internet. But you tell, tell you what, I've never had a woman I'm with ever disagree with me, ever. She's like, okay. And then we'll sit there and we'll watch a documentary on Stalingrad and she'll go, you know, it's crazy what men go through. We don't even think about this. It's like, yeah, you're right. You don't think about the fact that right now, as we speak, five hours drive away in Ukraine, there are men dying in a ditch because they're not allowed to leave the country by law and all the women have moved to Warsaw. And they're sitting in safety. Every single military-aged man is dying in the mud. Who gives a shit? Nobody. Who cares? No one. The women probably have new men by now. It's hard being a man. Masculine struggle should be respected by all genders, male and female. The more we respect masculine struggle, the better the world's going to be as a whole. So yeah, if you're, especially if you're a man in a relationship in the Western world, you have to be very careful what psyop is going into your woman's mind. Another thing, this goes down to complete basics. I've had girlfriends before. If you're gonna complain about our relationship or complain about me to your friends, we may as well just break up now. Cause you're just gonna complain about negative shit about me to them. 
And then you're not going to mention me for three months, and then you're going to complain about the next argument. And over a year, all they're going to hear are these arguments, none of the good stuff in between, none of the smiles, none of the holding hands, none of the kisses, none of the hellos, none of the times you made me a coffee and we hugged, none of the good stuff, just the bad stuff. And she's going to be a negative force in your ear, and you're going to go out with her, and she's running her mouth in your ear. You're listening to her. She hasn't even got a stable relationship. I don't know why she has any opinion, because she's miserable. Like, what is this whole, this, all this garbage? You have to protect the minds of the people you care about and love. I protect the minds of my children and the woman I love. That does not make me a misogynist. I don't care what they try and say about me. I'm not a misogynist. I just care about the people I love. And I want the absolute best for them. And I want them to understand me and me to understand them and us all to understand struggle and the values of the creed and the values of the last name and do our best for each other. That makes me a bad person in the modern world. But to answer your question, if she was with you longer, she would have changed her mind. I was with her one night. Um, <laughs> let me ask you a follow-up question, because I think you bring up such a good point, women of the West versus yeah. the women that you've been associating with in Eastern Europe, um, and the sexual liberation and the feminization uh, and the, uh, everything that goes on uh, in the West. One of the biggest comedians in the West yeah. is a woman called Chelsea Handler. You know who this is? I've heard her name. Okay. I know her face. She, you talked about Samantha from Sex and the City. She's the epitome of that. She's pushing 50. She talks about she doesn't need no man. She doesn't need no kids. She's happy by herself. She's drinking alcohol, chugging vodka, taking pills, masturbating all day. And that's her life. That's her ideal life. And she's encouraging women to be that. You might not know who she is, but you have a framework of who she is. Yeah. Thoughts on women that go down that path, and then who is that woman of Eastern Europe? Is there anyone in Eastern Europe None. pushing that agenda None. here where you live? Zero. Literally, genuinely zero. None. If you're a man and you're dating in Eastern Europe, the biggest problem you're going to have is that every single woman you're dating is going to want kids within about a month. In a month? About that. If you're a man, and especially if you have some money, and not because they're gold diggers, because you're a man, you have to take care of them. If you're a man and you can take care of her, and she knows you can pay the bills, and you've been dating her for a month, and things are going well, she's gonna start saying, when are we having kids? That's her goal. Her goal is to find a rich man who's gonna give her children, not because she's a gold digger, because she wants a family, and she wants to be taken care of, and that's what she wants. Completely different motivations than the West. When you talk about women who look up to Chelsea Handler, that's because they don't have an equal and opposite force. This is how we save the world, by making men worthy of respect. A woman like that, if she dates a man, unless she respects that man, she's not gonna adopt that man's creeds. So you need to make a man worthy of respect. So when she's listening to Chelsea Handler garbage, hopefully he gets her early enough and her life's not completely ruined, and she meets a man of quality who she respects, who says that's not the correct way to live, and she goes, you know what? I love you. If you don't think that's the correct way to live, I'm gonna try living your way. And, and they'll naturally incline to that. I'm gonna make sure this argument is engendered before I get attacked for being a misogynist, because this happens with other genders too. This happens with men. If you take one lazy idiot and put him around five killers, he'll either improve or leave. It's one of the two. He's not going to stay the same and stay part of the group. That's pure pressure. That's how it no, works. It's the best kind of pressure. It's the best kind of Positive pressure. Positive peer pressure. Absolutely. So it's the same with everybody. Everybody influences everyone. And a lot of these women, the reason they follow these paths and do this destructive stuff is because they don't meet a man they respect enough who can put them on the right path and save them. And save them. I would like to think I've genuinely, there's women who I'm no longer with, and I'm not going to give any details of because I don't kiss and tell. There are women whose lives I saved. And I will say that. There's women who I met in a nightclub, and they got with me for a few years, and they weren't clubbing anymore. They stopped all that crap. I'm not talking to them stupid girls who are doing that stupid junk. Nothing. They were a good girlfriend to me. We broke up. Then they met their next man. Now they're married. Moved on. I would argue that if I left them in the club scene, they would not be married right now. They would certainly not be happy. Not like they are now. I literally saved their lives by just saying, there's more to life than that garbage. Hey, crazy question for you. Sure. If the audience is looking 
and only you know the answer to this, you and your brother. Yeah. Have you been with more girls or less girls that the world thinks? <laughs> you know what I'm asking? I know exactly what you're And there's asking. a reason why I'm asking this. I'm curious to know what you think. Okay, it, it was a curve. So when I was younger, it was a lot more than people think. And now it's a lot less than people think. Okay, got so it. There, so there was a time when the number was ridiculous. But as I've grown older, I have completely lost interest. In when that. was that? At I think what I, age? Yeah, I think once I got past 30. This is, by the way, this is a very important topic here. And you'll see where I'm going with this. Yeah. Go ahead. So I think a lot of it wasn't even particularly just with my age. I think a lot of it was to do with my influence and also the way the world was changing. Women are a massive attack vector. In my current life. Massive what? Attack vector. Attack vector. They're an attack vector because they are a weakness. On the chessboard, if you can't attack the king, you attack the queen. The queen has to move. It's an important piece. I say this to any woman I'm with. You are the queen on the chessboard. You're an extremely important attack vector, and I'll give you examples of it. Even in jail, the experience I was just in. Do you know how many women rolled on their men when the woman found out that he was having an affair or had kids behind her back or something? Do you know how many of them turned witness? Mm. You'd be surprised how many women, once your man's arrested and he's been in jail for six months and you haven't seen him for six months and the bills ain't paid and you're under pressure now and you're stressed and you're a woman, you don't want to pay the bills and my man's in jail. Oh, look, he had an affair. Oh, he had kids behind my back. Oh, well, yeah, he did hit me this sign. You'd be surprised. You will be amazed how quickly it'll happen. Women are an attack vector. They're not just an attack vector for law enforcement because they'll always try and turn the woman on you. Watch any crime documentary. Turn on a crime documentary, watch any of them, and they'll say, we tried to arrest Mike. We couldn't get any evidence on him, so we arrested his girlfriend. Every time, put the girl under pressure. You're going to jail too. You're going to jail too. You're going to jail too. Rolls. Yeah, he did it, but, but don't tell him I said anything. But... Women are an attack vector. They're also an attack vector for your enemies. They absolutely are. The number of times I've been with a woman in a restaurant and I see on her Instagram story, the restaurant, I'm like, delete that store. What are you doing? We're still in this restaurant. Well, it's just food. It's not just food because in the corner of the napkin is the restaurant logo and we are sitting here right now. Yep. And I can see the door, yes, but there's another entrance there and now they know I'm here and my baguette's outside. Delete that. They'll get you killed. In fact, I think there was a famous rapper who got killed exactly that way. Pop Smoke. Yeah. There was a couple others. who Some girl put up some post and now he's dead. What's she doing? She has a new man now. Women, women are an attack vector. So now in my, as my influence increased, I realized that I can't be around women who don't understand that I'm not paranoid. I just have very set rules of action. Very set strict. You don't put up a story when we're in the same place. You don't ever reply to a message from someone who's unsolicited. You don't, and it's not because I'm crazy. It's because law enforcement's trying to get to you. Who knows what this guy's trying to get to you. I have enemies. I mean, he's, I, I have plenty of people who know I have money. I don't want people messaging you. They're not going to message me and say, where are you? <laughs> I'm not dumb. They're going to message some chick. Hey, we're doing this modeling, influencing. It's wondering what city you're in. I'm like, you've got to be very, very careful. So now, especially with that in mind, I don't have time to just be negotiating or talking to just random chicks. I don't do it because it's going to end up either putting me in jail or getting me killed. So as that increased, I've been far more selective with the women I spend time with. But when I was younger and I was less important, there was a lot more of them. So that's, that's the answer. The women I know, the women I, I have now and associate with now are good women who are very well trained. And when I say trained, I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean, I've shown them how my life works. They get all the benefits of my life. You get to fly on private jets. You get to stay in five-star hotels. You get to ride around in Bugattis. You get it all. In return, there has to be a specific security protocol from both sides, from both enemies, because they're out there. So yeah, I, I, I now have a lot more respect for a woman who I'm no longer interested in just random chicks. I want a woman who I know would wait for me if I did 10 years. 
that's what I want. That's what I find interesting. That's what I'm in love with now. I can't be in love with a random chick. Also, once you get to a certain level of fame and influence, you're no longer winning the exchange. I feel like a lot of men like going out there and pulling girls because they feel like they won. Ha ha, look at this hot girl I got. Whereas if I go to the club and get a hot girl, oh, okay. Me, the famous millionaire, the most Googled man on earth, got a hot chick. Who, who really won here? Who, 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 who pulled it off? She did. She'll brag, or rat, or kiss and tell, or ask for handbag. Like she, what did I win? Sex? Who cares? It's uninteresting to me. I, I don't want a child with her. I don't want a family with her. I don't want a future with her. So why do I even want her at all? I'm, not, I'm, I'm really beyond all of that stuff. So now, it's kind of funny. In jail, I got thousands of love letters from women. Thousands. I got thousands of love letters from women in jail. Should we read them all? I read every single one. Yeah, I mean, you have time, but yeah. you went through all of them. I have all of them. Got it. Thousands of love the letters. Craziest letter you got. What's the craziest letter you got? A lot of poems. Uh, one had drops of blood on it. She did a little cut. Uh, lots and lots of love letters. Lots of just saying that I'm the last man. They've been in love with me and they watch all my podcasts. And they were with, one of them said she was with her ex-boyfriend. He started watching me. Then she started watching me. Then she wanted me, not him, and got rid of him. And oh. all, all this craziness. But I didn't trust any of it. Is it real? Is it an agent? Is it a psyop? Who's she? Is she crazy? What if I sleep with her and she says I did something to her? What if 13 years later she contacts the BBC? Garbage. I, I don't, that would never happen, I don't, I, don't, I don't talk to any new chicks. Same as I don't have any new friends. I don't talk to any new chicks. That's no what new I, girls. That's what, I, that's what I thought. And we talked about BBC earlier, yeah. you know, and BBC and Philip Schofield and ITV and all these guys. Yeah. And they had another guy back in the days, Jimmy uh, uh, Savile, Savile. Yeah. you know, who yeah. there's a documentary on him. That guy's darker than a lot of these guys. And they knew and they kept them for a long time. And stories have been out there. Woody Allen, we talked about Woody Allen. We talked about a lot of different guys. And Woody Allen married the stepdaughter yeah. when she was yeah. five, yeah. six, seven years Something old, weird. ends up marrying her and says, hey, you know, he's one of the greatest such and such of all time. Um, and, and that whole industry of what it's doing. Some will say, well, you know, it's not really as real as people think it is. Some will say it is. Some will say, well, this whole movement is because of, because of that, you know, uh, you, LGBTQ, there's, that's taking place with kids and it's a next step of what we're going to next. What are your thoughts with the, the topic of pedophilia? Yeah. Okay. First thing, I would never kill myself. That's the first thing. Jesus. Right. I'm giving you easy questions. No. It's a soft topic. It's not like no, a heavy topic. No, but it's true. But that's the final line of morality they're trying to pierce. Like I said, I have no problem with gay people. And then we talked about LGBTQ and how they're trying to mix it all together and take people who are on the extreme end of the spectrum with people who live fairly normal lives. You can be a gay person. This is another thing I want to make clear. You can be a gay person and, and live a very normal life. You can also be a gay person and be a degenerate. Deciding to get naked in front of children has nothing to do with your sexual orientation. That's just the fact that you're a degenerate person. It doesn't matter if you sleep with a man or a woman. The fact that you want to go and walk around naked in front of kids is degenerate behavior, regardless of sexual orientation. It has nothing to do with it. It's only accepted if you're a homosexual. If you're a heterosexual, it's a crime. For some reason, if it's a homosexual, it's not a crime, but it's the same act, and it's degenerate. It's the final line. The final line is children. It's the final line of sexual morality that they're trying to attack. They've attacked every other line. It's the final line they're trying to pierce. And I think a lot of this pedophilia comes down to, I think a lot of it comes down to control. I'm going to say something else which is not safe for work and probably going to get me canceled, but I'm going to say it. It's in the last 15 minutes, it's so fine. they're not going to watch the whole thing. You're right. I'm mixed race. I'm half black, half white. The black side of my family, both sides of my family, because I'm in the middle, they like to make slight racist kind of jokes at each other, right? The white side of my family like, how many are in jail? this. And the black side of my family are like, have you ever seen a black pedophile? I ain't seen a black pedophile. You ever seen a black pedophile? 
And I'm like, that's a, that's a good point. And I said to my cousin, who's black, I said, why is there no black pedophilia? He goes, well, because, you know, we got game. Women like us, we can control women, but you white boys, you, you have no game, so you need to get to control another way. And I thought, and I sat there and goes, well, that's, I sat there and I thought, okay, I, these aren't my words. Anyway, um, I sat there and I thought, well, obviously you're joking, but there's a degree of perhaps merit to that. I think that a lot of the attraction to this bullshit is to feel powerful. I think if you have a, a masculine frame and women respect you, you have no desire to go get something innocent and completely control it because you have enough control, enough frame in your relationship to feel like a man and things are good and things are happy. But if you're like a very overweight loser weirdo and no one ever respects you or looks up to you and you can't control anyone on any level, not control in a negative way, but just be respected or looked at or admired, then they end up leaning towards this degeneracy because maybe they can make a child admire them because a child's so innocent and so young and so naive. I think that's where a lot of it comes from, which means that a lot of this pedophilia and stuff is actually enacted by beta males. A lot of it is enacted by these liberals and psychos and feminists. Have you noticed all these male feminists online end up getting arrested for sexual crimes? Have you not noticed it? They all do. Well, they're all pedophiles and weirdos, all these Antifa guys and all these people who talk about virtue and want to save the world. They're the ones who are actually out there hurting people. So yeah, what Mel Gibson is doing is super interesting. It's super interesting that he's attacking the most liberal establishment on the planet. Super interesting that he's attacking Hollywood, which is obviously the heart of the liberal propaganda machine. And he's saying they're the worst people on earth. And I sit and say, well, if you take these people outside of Hollywood, would they matter? This is a really interesting point. You can actually, actually apply this to nearly any job. If you took you away from your sales job or took me away from my role or you away from, let's say you had a sales job, a specific company, you would still be a good communicator. You'd still know how to speak. You'd still have charisma. You'd still be a man of status. You'd still know how to walk. You'd still have a presence. You'd still, you'd still know how to behave, right? There are certain people in certain establishments where if you strip them of their title, they're nothing. If you took Harvey Weinstein away, or Weinstein, whatever his name is, away from Hollywood, he's just a fat, old, ugly dork. That's all he is. He's only something because of Hollywood. Outside of that, he's nothing. These are the people who end up using their influence in whatever sphere they're in to do negative things because outside of it, they ain't shit. If you're a real G, if you're a real man, if I was in Hollywood, I was a real man, I wouldn't have to use Hollywood to get girls. I'm fine. I think a lot of this stuff is run. I think a lot of these people who are doing these things are just not very good or very impressive people. I don't, oh yeah, you may be a big shot in Hollywood. Delete that from your resume. Who are you? Oh, you ain't shit. Sit down and talk to these people. What have you even done with your life? You ain't shit. You made it to the top of Hollywood by what? Who even knows how you got there? Wink, wink. You got there through whatever. So I think that's what a lot of this stuff is. And going back to everything we've been saying so far, Andrew, how do you solve pedophilia? I think if a man has a healthy sexual relationship with women and has options and feels respected by women and enjoys the company of women and women like him and admire him and look up to him, he will have no desire to go down the route of sexual perversion and chase children. I don't think he ever would. Why would he? Right? What my cousin said was only a joke, but sometimes there's a degree of truth in the humor. He's a young, good-looking black guy on the football team. He gets girls. Why, why would he do this dumb shit? When you see some fat, overweight video game loser, they're the yeah. ones on the, on the TV yeah. doing it. So once again, like nearly any problem on earth, whether it's pedophilia, whether it's school shooting, whether it's men's mental health, whether it's women's mental health, whether it's female promiscuity, whether no matter what it is, whether it's crime, no matter what it is, how do you fix the problem? By building men of caliber, by building men of capability and status and honor and dignity, and by building men of ability to be 
good standing citizens who are respected by their peers. All of it comes back to improving men. All of it. Every single problem you can possibly name, even pedophilia, comes back to building strong men of capability who are respected. That's all. It's the baseline of humanity. Men always has been the baseline of humanity. And that's why nearly every problem we can name, whether it's pedophilia, whether it's anything else, school shooting, whatever, all of them are in a direct negative correlation with masculinity. So crazy, right? The things that they did, especially with the rush hour story when him and Tristan were there kind of like playing along. Imagine you're on the other side listening to this and what are these guys talking about? Anyways, if you enjoyed this and for some of you that never watched a five-hour full interview, click here to watch that interview with Tate. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye, bye-bye.